Tom Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, welcome to Million Dollar Agent. Three weeks to Easter. There's a sprint there. We know the importance of uh, the next three weeks. We know we have a bit of a disruptive period between um, Anzac Day and school holidays and Easter. Gentlemen, how are you going? And Troy, congratulations. Read you in the press today. Hunters Hill, 5,200, I think. 5,202, Tom. It was, uh, I had some really good results on the weekend, actually, but that was a great auction. Five, uh, eight registered parties. I think five of them actively bid. Opened the bidding at 4.2 and it went pretty quickly from there. So Ben Muley and Tracy Dixon from our Hunters Hill office did a phenomenal job. Probably about 200 people at the property, Tom and John. A really, really great auction. Great property as well. The owners did a, a magnificent job in presenting it. Yeah. I've been fascinated to find out the feedback that um, the McGrath company is uh, is having in the marketplaces. You're well represented um, in most parts of uh, of Australian real estate. Um do you get what I, I mean? The, the feedback I get from all the other agents that I have anecdotal conversations, um, there's a shift towards quality. Um, quality properties have got multiple bidders. Often the uh, the ones that we used to think were the better ones, the fixer uppers and the renovators, um, they they don't have as much interest as what um, John get, John gets his personal uh, copy copy uh, sent to him there. Oh no, Tom, I didn't get one. <laughs> within, 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 within a few moments, let me tell you how this is going to pan out. Within a few moments, that dog's going to rip into the third Anthony Robbins manual like, like it rips into it, right? John will get up and pick up, John will get up and pick up the dog. Those, but obviously, you can't see all of this, but this is an ongoing. John's got, John's got a dog that's got ADHD, just does not stop, does not stop. No, it's just, Tom, it's got an appetite for learning and that's why it tears apart all the books because it's an appetite for learning. Um, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, you know, you know how they say, you know, that your dog ate your homework. Well, yeah. it's true with me. Yeah. I'd be very cur- um, curious. I think, yeah. What's the feedback yeah, from your say, just on your previous point. Um, yeah, look, I think it's pretty consistent. Most places, agents are saying... They wish there was a little bit more stock available, but when you get the good stuff, it generally is selling pretty well. As Troy's just given you one nice anecdote, there's plenty more out there, not just with us, but everywhere. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think it's fine. It was interesting, Tommy. I sent you a, a text this morning about uh, the bank in America that uh, collapsed. Basically, I don't know Troy, if you've kept up with this, but late last week, the uh, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. Um, it actually, it was, it was a funny thing because I had a quick look at it. it. It's like a lot of these things, like runs on banks in history. It had probably more to do, is my reading of it, it had more to do with the panic factor and everyone trying to get their money out than actually the fundamentals because the bank, bank I think, was in reasonably good shape. But it, as most people would know, banks don't just keep money in vaults or, in, you know, sitting there waiting for people to come and take it out. They actually invest it and... They'd invested theirs in the long term and then all of a sudden the people wanted it in the short term and uh, it sort of just became a difficult situation when you had a, they had billions of dollars requested on one day to uh, mm. remove the money. And uh, I think that will we'll probably will find that was a catalyst. So it's interesting. Uh, if anyone's been following it all, I, don't, I tend not to follow these one things in the news unless if they're 
a little bit interesting, and that one that one appears to be so, interesting. So, the thing so, I, so Johnny, uh, before uh, you go on, we had Dr. Robert Caldini who came and spoke at Eric five or six mm. years ago, talked about a story. It's actually in his book. It's about one of the banks many, many years ago uh, that uh, that went down over purely that thing. What happened is it started with 50 people queuing outside of the bank to get money that day. Rumours started saying that they're running out of money. All of a sudden, the word got around they're not going to have any money. Everyone went in to withdraw money, and it took it took the the bank down. And, John, it sounds like to me, um, and I haven't watched the video you've sent, but it sounds like to me yeah. that um, it, it's, it's along the same um, um, uh, lines. Well, it's funny you say that because the, the news clip that I saw, it wasn't the one I sent you, but another one, it literally had that no, that number, 50, which in this day and age to even have anyone hanging out at a bank to withdraw money is unusual because everyone does it on their phones uh, or on their desktop. But um, the actual reporter stood in front of the bank and there was a line and she said there's over 50 people here queuing, waiting for their funds. Um, so what had happened was a venture capitalist or, or a number of venture capitalist firms heard rumour that this that the bank was having a little bit of a liquidity problem and they went out to their network. So it's funny how things, you know, contagions, you know, both positive and negative can happen. They went out to their network of uh, companies they'd invested in and, and held um, meaningful uh, percentages of and they said, get your money out today and then word word got around. So it's funny, like, you know, when we looked at the, the boom, the real estate boom, um, it was the same sort of thing. People were just following each other off this cliff of paying crazy money at the end. They weren't thinking about is it worth it? Can I, in some instances, really can I afford it? They were just saying, well, if everyone else is paying crazy money, I, I should be too. So there's there's some good lessons there regarding just sort of you know making some sensible decisions. And I think right now it's funny you just said, Tommy, as we were warming up, something about Easter. I think you said there's three, three or four weeks to go or something to Easter. Um, and I remember years ago, you know, sort of hearing someone say, you know, if you took out. Christmas holidays, then Australia Day, and then Easter, and and then you know all the all the holiday periods, and then the winter, which of course is a bad month, you know, to sell property. You know, apparently, um, you know, to come down, and there was about six weeks out of fifty-two a year that you could kind of get a clear run at selling real estate. So I just say to people, you know, any property that's well marketed, well presented by a great agent that knows their stuff is going to sell at pretty much any time, any day of the year, any month of the year you can get a great result, which is interesting because I think that might be our first topic that you shot through um, on text message earlier. I think you were sort of wanting to have a bit of a chat today about, was it victims, victims and victims? Yeah. Was that the... So, that, so John, that got inspired because as you uh, sent the message about what's our, our brief for now on our podcast today, I was finishing a Zoom session with, um, she'll remain anonymous, wonderful agent, one to two million dollar rider that has been hit in a very short period of time with three unexpected events. Uh, one's uh, an internal family health issue. The other one is something that's happened in um, in uh, with with a business partner, which is was not a good thing. And um, the third thing is um, it's their own health issue that they're waiting they're waiting for for some results. And she sort of said. Tom, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm just down and out and, you know, um, and she goes, I've got a funny feeling. She goes, my health issue is going to come okay because I can tell the initial things are, are looking good. 
And then she goes, I just want to come out of this and not be um, and not be a victim. And I said to her, what's the opposite of being a victim? And she goes, well, it would be a victor. And I said, so I said, that's a good topic to talk about. How do, how do yeah. you go through something and become a victor versus a victim? And I think it's a it's a good thing to talk about. Um, and I think it's got to do, a lot of it's got to do with mindset, perception of the problem, um, how you act and behave and how you choose to look at the problem and how to move forward. So I'd like to open it up to to both of you. How do how do how do victors act in adversity, and what shouldn't you do to become a victim? Yeah, I'll kick off, Troy. Just get your views after, and um, the the particular case study, the lady you mentioned, uh, or the case study you mentioned of the lady, um, is clearly excluded from almost the rest of our comments this this afternoon in many ways because, um, yeah, genuine health issues are are absolutely. An exclusion from you know you have every right to occasionally have a bad day feel down um, around a health issue. I guess what I talk about is the other ninety five percent of things. Tell me that we see people whinge about, and you know let's talk in a business context that we're in today. You know oh you know it's it's raining, it's been too hot. You know the listings are too short. Um, oh it's terrible. You know the the interest rates are going up, and there's all these that they everyone seems to find every time they turn the corner and they haven't achieved the results they want, there's a rationale, there's an excuse, there's a justification for it. And and one of the things, Troy, I told our team the other day, I think you might have been in the room when when I, I quoted one of my favourite quotes, Victor Frankl, and he said, between stimulus and response lies the meaning of success, or words to that effect. I've probably butchered it, but it's close. Um, you know, as, as things happen, and, yes, interest rates do go up. And yes, statistically, you know, uh, listings are a bit short. Um, but whatever, you can't change those things. You can't change the weather. You can't walk across the road and tap on the on the glass at the front of your competitor's office and say, would you mind not overquoting or would you mind increasing your fees so they're level with where the rest of us think we should be? Mm-hmm. Reality is you can't control a lot of stuff. So Therefore, your response at that point is either to accept what you can't change and then deal with it um, or complain about it and use it as an excuse, which seems to be, unfortunately, the all-too-often choice that people make. And I just think, you know, years ago I read a great quote and something around, you know, excuses and results can never be found in the same place. Um, and, And I believe that, that you've really got to take extreme ownership over your business slash life and you've got to say, well, if the guy across the road is quoting 1%, I can't change that, but I can improve my dialogue and my skills and my connection skills and the way I present myself at a listing. So my 2.5% looks like it's extraordinarily great value. Um, and to me, and, and Troy's worked with me for probably the best part of 20 years, Troy, you know that that's my mantra, is mm-hmm. not interested in the excuse. How do we progress? What can you control that you can alter? You know, and, and if the wind's down, you've got to adjust the sail. You can't sit there and say, well, the wind's down, the boat won't go. You've got to adjust the sail until you get some wind and you've got to adjust your listing presentation and so forth. And I still think, you know, these are the halcyon days. Unequivocally, these are great times to be listing and selling real estate. Are there imperfections? Probably. I don't tend to notice them so much. But I'm sure I'm sure CoreLogic is right. Statistically, listings are a little bit tighter. But what I know that CoreLogic doesn't know that, any great agent has the ability 
to list eight or 10 properties a month in their marketplace, in any market, irrespective of listing volumes, and have a spectacular year if you concentrate on the right things. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's such a pity that so many people, they jump to victim, they jump to excuse mode, when and, and that takes away all their power because I can't mm. control uh, govern, the governor of the Reserve Bank, I can't control the weather, I can't control... Um, you know, sort of competitors and what they quote and what they charge. But I can control me and I can control my discipline. I can control my dialogue. I can control my learning, training, practice. All of those things I have 100% control. And Dr. Fred taught this, Troy, to us years ago. You know, I remember back in one of his first workshops, you know, control the controllables. And, um, and he talked about the inner market. The market between your ears is the only one that really matters because the other one you can't control anyway, and it doesn't matter even if you could. Troy, what do you think? Well, I think, yeah, adding on from that, John, I think you're 100% right. Um, the first thing that we've always said is for anyone that's in this mindset, the first thing they need to do is have the awareness that they're falling into the traps or the traits that make them out to be the victim. Now, how do you do that? It's pretty easy. I mean, if you're the person that everyone's avoiding having conversations with because they know that you're being negative and they know that you're playing the victim, it's probably an awareness thing. So the first thing is to really have an awareness and then don't overthink it too much, but create that simple plan that John was talking about and then execute that plan every single day with attention to detail. You can get yourself out of a rut really quickly when you decide to get yourself out of a rut really quickly. As I'm looking at Snitzel walking away with the next document outside. Pickle, pickle, she's... Pickle, uh, sorry, she's pickle. pickle. <laughs> she looks dark on screen. She just goes and gets a pile. Yeah. You're right, Troy. I remember you know, Tommy, Ryan Holiday is one of my favourite speakers I've ever had at Eric. And uh, I, I did a bit of study of stoicism and so forth before and after him. And one of them he talks about is... Amor, A-M-O-R, Amor Fati, F-A-T-I, and and the Latin translation into English is falling. You need to you need to love your current fate, and it didn't say accept your current circumstances. It's love, Amor um, Fati. You've got to fall in love with your fate. So exactly where you are right now, you got to love it, and you got to squeeze all the goodness and all the benefits and all the great things out of it. And if you actually don't want to be there in the long term, you need to have a proactive plan. Um, and you need to uh, you need to put that in place today. But an excuse is only going to erode your success potential um, unless you take you know extreme ownership. Um, Jocko Willink, I think extreme ownership. If you take extreme ownership, you will get you will find a way going forward. But uh, if not, it's just going to be really really hard. The the other thing I think is you know ego egos. You know, who said that people should charge your rate? Who said and so forth? Um, you know, you've just got to accept that the world's full of different people. Pickle, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> um, you've got to accept the world's full of different people and they've got different rates and different things and the interest rates. You know, don't assume that everything should be going and must be going your way. Pickle, going to get me in trouble here. Mr. Panos is going to be very up. Come on, hey. Come I've, got my, I've got my eyes. Yeah, come on, come on over. John, Pickle, you haven't made the speaking part of the show yet. You're not allowed to speak yet. <laughs> 
But, Tom, you, you know, we, we see it all the time. Like, we're lucky. We get to see so many agents be put into this position where they feel like they are a victim. And then, you know, through our coaching, through our mentors, through our connections with people, you know, you, you go and catch up with them a week later or 24 hours later and they've got themselves out because they've just stripped it right back. They've understood yeah. that, you know, exactly what John was saying. They don't have to be like everyone else. They know their little point of difference and they're doubling down on that and they're really leveraging their success. I think that's where you have to start. You have to start with the end in mind and then work backwards on how do you do the thing that makes you great. So, so, so Troisy, I can, as we're talking away, I can see it in my own self, not so much now, but in the past, and I see it with other people I talk. It is actually seducing to be the victim because if you think about it, when you're the victim, you're basically sort of saying, it's not my fault. I have, I'm not responsible for it. And in many ways, what it does is it takes the pressure off you to say, well, there's nothing I can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, see, I can see how seducing it can be because it can um, make it feel like, well, you know, they're the cards I've been dealt. But if you think about it, most people have got control over so many things in real estate, yet they'll ruminate on the things that they don't have control. I mean, you can control how many conversations you have a day. You can control whether you exercise. You can control whether you make it as part of your process to have daily conversations with your with your auction vendors. You can mm-hmm. control whether you send reports out. You can control whether you do a market wrap. You can control there. Are, you can control what you wear. You can control how you show up to a point. There are so many things you've got control over, right? That you would say to yourself. And I said, and I and I actually said to this person, I said to her, Knowing what you know and what you've got control of, what are five things that you think right now you would do that would help your situation? And she went Mm -hmm. off and she jotted them. She said, number one, I need to start talking to my team every morning again. I need to sit down for five, ten minutes and get everyone focused on. I said, okay, what's the second one? I need to actually make at least 10 phone calls to people that I'm chasing their business for, you know, and it's not a big ask. She goes, I'll do that in an hour. I said, what else? She goes, I do need, even if it's walking, I need to spend half an hour to get out there in the fresh air um, again. I said, what else? She goes, I probably need to cut down on the the three glasses of, of wine I'm having at the moment, right? Mm. So she she went through in the process, and, and as you said, Troy, you can see change and transformation if you make better choices happen in weeks, not necessarily in years. You can actually start seeing you moving forward. So, I actually, Tom, to be honest, it's when the person decides to make the change, that's when the change gets implemented. They, they just have to make that decision. And, we, you know, John and I and yourself, we've, we've done personal audits with people. And, you know, they start to manifest what that could look like in the future if they start implementing these things. And it's not implementing for five years to see the result. It's literally within 24 hours they can see change. Beautiful. Go for, well go, said. Tell me what you said before, and I, I think it's a really interesting point that um, being a victim, which often comes with, you know, excuses and woe is me and I can't believe this happened to me or they did it to me, uh, it attracts attention to you. And so for a lot of people, it's quite seductive and they get there and then the seduction goes to and it becomes an action which then becomes a habit. And I think you've got to be very, very careful about it because we've all seen people that seem to have one disaster after another in their life and it's because I think they manifest them because it does 
sadly bring attention to them and they have something to talk about and something to have people feel sympathy uh, to them. So I think that's um, that's really interesting. Before we finish, Tommy, um, Tigers, a rebuilding year? Is it, it could be too early to tell. No, it's, too, it's, early. it's round two. You can't do that to him round two. So what? No, unbelievable. unbelievable. We, have, we, have a great, we have a great podcast. We've all been on the same page, victim and victors. And there John wants to finish off the podcast. We've done, we've done none out of two. Okay, so John, first let me let me respond. Firstly, uh, two cold days don't make it a winter. Let's 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 start it off, right? We got we got two days. We've got we've we've got the bulldogs on. We got the bulldogs at Belmore um, on yep. um, on Sunday. Saint George uh, Souths are playing the Roosters on Friday, and that will be That's we'll good. be talking we'll we'll be talking about that in due course. Um, because one of one, one of you will be a loser um, in, in, yep. in there. Yeah, know? we're not talking this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, off the top of my record, I haven't got a record. I wouldn't call you both your teams two out of two so far. Am I right there? <laughs> one out of two, both. One out, both. One out of two. So you're two points no, ahead AFL, of us. I don't the AFL. Has it kicked off yet, or is it this week? No, I AFL. think it's this week. I think it's this week, Troy. Troy. Um, yeah, is it this week, Troy? It's it's this week. So no, I, love, I love watching. I think I still think it's the best game in the world to watch on. Well, probably to watch live, but even on television, it's a great game. And I, and I was flicking over to five oh two, the uh, Fox Footy channel. The other five oh four, I think, it's the AFL. I just couldn't see it on the weekend. I was wondering because um, I really miss it. I really enjoy watching. I don't. I don't particularly follow. I mean, I guess I follow Sydney, but um, to all the uh, it was not just Victorians. I guess it's a, it's a national game, but. Loved with great passion in Victoria. Hello to all the Victorians and the uh, and the other AFL fans. And uh, I know, Tommy, you've got to jump in a car in a minute, so we have to wrap up this. But uh, the bottom line is extreme ownership, eliminate your excuses, start owning it, and take action. That's about all we can all we can summarize today. All righty. And guys and girls, before I forget, Nicola Byrne has reminded me to remind all of you. The 28th and the 29th of May is ARIC 2023. The full program of speakers is being released this week. Um, but as one guy said to me the other day, he said, Tommy, I don't care who's speaking at ARIC. He goes, we just go to ARIC. That's the way it is. And I go, That's great. Is that? I he it. goes, mate, he goes, it's just it. You just go to ARIC and you just know that you're going to get some good speakers, you're going to get some average speakers, you're going to have time away, and that's the deal. That's the way it works. And he goes, and I've done it for 20 years in a row. It's been going for 25 years, hasn't it? He's done it for 20 years in a row, and he goes, and and, and, I'll, and I'll keep doing it. He goes, uh, just keep it on the Gold Coast. That's what he just said. They love the Gold Coast. 25th anniversary, no average speakers this year, um, and uh, God bless that person because I agree. It's just one of those things that should be an anchor in your diary each year. Nicola tells me the pre or early sales are the best we've ever had in terms of we, we benchmark, you know, sort of each 1st of February, but 1st of March and so forth each year. And we are ahead of schedule. And that is before, just tempting to mention some of the speakers, isn't it? But we won't because we're releasing them or should be releasing them all by Wednesday this week. But um, extraordinary speaker lineup for our 25th anniversary. So we will see you all there, but of course, many, many podcasts between now and then, Troy, and um, we look forward to uh, 
next week. What, what's our topic next week? I think you wanted to talk about tough love. Tough next love, week, yeah. Tough love, John. And I want to talk about it because one of the speakers we've got, I think we've probably got the best person in the world that's going to talk about crucial conversations at Eric. But I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about this subject before we get to Eric because there's no question about it. There are so many situations right now you've got to have empathy and compassion, but at the same time, you might be saying things that are going to be confrontational to a client, to a vendor. You've got to tell a vendor, you know, this is the state of affairs with with comparable sales today versus a year ago. But let's not uh, take next week's content and put it into this week's podcast. Everyone, have a great week. We will see you next week. Troy, John, speak to you then. See you, team. Bye-bye.